Hey gorgeous, this is episode number 154 and the queen of cold calling, Wendy Weiss, is back today. Hey there everyone, this is Wendy Weiss and you are listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy! Well, I'm so excited to have Wendy Weiss back on the show today, the queen of cold calling and president of coldcallingresults.com. Wendy is recognized as one of the leading authorities on lead generation, cold calling and new business development. And after we learned in the last episode how she went from actually ballet dancer to queen of cold calling, we are discussing in this episode, what do you do next now that you got the appointment? Wendy is the author of Cold Calling for Women and the Sales Winners Handbook. She has been featured in the New York Times, Business Week, Entrepreneur Magazine, Selling Power, Inc. Magazine, Forbes, Sales and Marketing Management, and various other business and sales publications. And today she's going to share her wisdom with us. I hope you enjoy. Well, I'm so excited you are back on the show, Wendy. Welcome. Well, thank you for bringing me back. I'm delighted yes. to be here. I really enjoyed our first interview all about targeting and the prospects. Now we have the clarity and I just can't wait to get your advice of now what do I do? I have an appointment. What do I say? Yippee! <laughs> yeah, it's exciting, but it's also frightening at the same time if I don't know what are the next steps. So I'm going to go back to what we were discussing in the previous interview, which is if you've done your homework and you've uh, set up the appointment correctly, then the whole thing gets to be a whole lot easier. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, and I'll give you an example uh, from a client of mine, he's a financial advisor. And before we were working together, he was going on a lot of appointments. He was running all over the place. The problem was they weren't with the right people. So he would get there. I mean, he couldn't even help these people. Some of them didn't have the financial resources for him to be able to help them. And so while he had all of these appointments, um, he wasn't actually getting any clients and that so that we had to go back to how he was getting the appointments because it does selling is a process of disqualification. Ooh, and can you say that again? <laughs> selling is a process of disqualification. And so the idea is, and we talked about this, in uh, the last interview about targeting, you do your very best effort to target, but then, some, some, and, and you have to be like really disciplined with yourself that if, if someone doesn't meet your parameters, they're not a good lead for you. Yes. And, and if you are, if someone somehow slips through the cracks and you're having a conversation and you discover some information that then tells you they're not a good lead for you, it's time to let them go, which yes. I know is so hard. Everyone has yes. a hard time with and that. I so agree. It's, a, it's one of the hardest things to do, but you get used to it after you've done it a while. 
And it feels so much better at the end than taking somebody on board that you can't really support how you want to support them because both of you will be unhappy. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, sometimes things that we think are selling problems or closing problems are actually prospecting problems. In this case, Jerry, my client, uh, it was a prospecting problem. It was not that he couldn't get clients. Yeah. And once I really had to insist with him, you know, just like go for the best fit, disqualify the rest. But once he started doing that, his revenue doubled in about six months over the previous year. And he probably had more time for himself and, he, and for what's he, important. <laughs> Jerry now goes to Hawaii twice a year. He takes ballroom dance classes. <laughs> he is in such a better place instead of just running around meeting with all these people that he couldn't help. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to work with Jerry. He yeah. He's probably forever grateful. Yeah. And um, so things, again, uh, it, it definitely, the process definitely starts with prospecting. That said, once you have that appointment, I'll, I'll give you my favorite question. Um, if I, uh, and it doesn't really matter how I got the appointment, whether I have cold called someone, uh, whether I met them at a networking event, uh, whether I have some business development people that set appointments for me now, whether they set it up, you know, however, uh, it's a referral. However, I got the appointment. The first question I always ask after the chit chat is out of the way, I'll say, let's say if I cold called somebody, what was it about our brief conversation on the phone that made you decide that it made sense to take some time for us to talk? Ooh, powerful. If I get a referral and I've set up that appointment, what was it about whoever it was that referred me? Um, you know, what's going on with you that made you decide that it made sense for us to talk? And then I just shut up and see what people have to say. Hmm. Because we, I think a big mistake, and I'm sure you see this too, Christine, the idea is not to go there and spill your guts. The idea, <laughs> the idea is to find out what's going on with them. Yes. You kind of have to be a detective. Yeah. Yeah, make it about them, right? Yeah, how, how exactly. can you serve them if you don't have a clue what's going on? Right, right. Yeah, I love that. Such a great advice that you're sharing. So let me ask you, because you seem so confident with cold calling and so feeling great in your skin, and we discussed that in the other interview, that it's a learnable skill, but you have to practice. It's not coming overnight. What advice can you give people who really feel uncomfortable and a little bit fearful in even having those conversations? Is there anything you could share that makes it a little bit easier to get that practice routine started? Sure. Um, I will begin by saying that I looked up the word sell in the dictionary and the def dictionary definition of the word sell is to persuade someone of the value of whatever it is you're doing. So the concept of value is inherent in the definition of the word sell. So I always start with the question, do you believe in the value of whatever it is you're doing? 
Because mm. if you don't, go find something else to do. Yes, you can come back later. <laughs> yeah. If you believe in the value and you've done your homework, and we talked about that a little bit in the other interview, then the way I think about it is you actually have a moral obligation to let the appropriate people, not everybody in the world, because not everybody in the world is going to be a fit for you, but the appropriate people, you have a moral obligation to let them know about whatever it is you do, whether or not they choose to take you up on it. And I would even argue further that if you do not reach out to the appropriate people, you're doing them a disservice because you could help them. Yeah. And they'll never know it if you don't talk to them. And that doesn't mean that everybody is going to say yes to you. But the more you talk to people, more people will say yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that in terms of the fear of cold calling it, it often comes from a fund fundamental misunderstanding of what we're trying to do. Because we're not calling up a complete like open up the phone book, call a complete stranger and ask them for their credit card. That's not what we're doing. We're doing our homework. We're being very targeted. Uh, we're talking about how we're able to help. And it's an introduction. You know, some, for years, people used to say to me, oh, I don't want to cold call because I want to build relationships. And that completely confused me. I didn't know what they were talking about. And then one day it dawned on me, you still have to build the relationship. This is your introduction. Yes. And so if you think of it as an introduction, you're not calling to get someone to buy something from you over the phone in like 30 seconds. Or if they say, well, I'm already working with a coach, you're not saying, well, dump your coach and hire me. You're calling to introduce yourself. And if you look at it like that, everything changes. Yeah, I love that point of view. It's, you know, starting that relationship. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. Right? We all yeah. have had like maybe a first date, right? It exactly. Started it started somewhere. And so um, the other half of this equation then is... This really is a skill set. And, um, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest questions I get asked, people will say, Wendy, what do I say if they say I'm not interested? Well, you know what? If everybody you talk to says I'm not interested, that means they don't think you're saying anything interesting. Mm. So you, it, it is a skill. And um, you can learn how to do it. And what I've seen over and over again in our programs is we teach a very step-by-step -step process and we help people figure out exactly what to say and the best way to say it. And um, it's always so much fun because every time we do one of our coaching programs, at the, at the end of the program, I ask everybody, what's changed for you? We do it over three months so we can keep working with people. And they go, oh, yeah, now I just call up my prospect and I get them on the phone and I say what I have to say and they book an appointment with me. And they kind of say it like that, like they're completely blasé because yeah. the, the fear goes away. 
Yeah. It doesn't have to be a horrible, scary thing. Um, you don't have to love it, although many people fi eventually find that it's, I mean, it's kind of fun calling up people and they say yes to you when you know the right things to say. I think that's kind of fun. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So do you, do you remember the very first thing you ever sold? Like in your life, not, not necessarily business, like the very first thing you ask somebody for money. Well, I had, uh, when I was dancing, I had many freelance jobs, many day jobs in between my dance gigs. And uh, I used, I'm going to date myself now because one of my freelance jobs was as a typesetter. People use, we, we used to actually set type for books, for magazines. It was not, uh, it was not the way we do, it, we do it today. It was an actual uh, skilled job. And I freelanced. And um, I happened to know a piece of equipment that not a lot of people knew. And so I would just look at the want ads. And uh, if I saw a company that was advertising and they used my, the equipment, I knew I'd call them up and I'd, I'd say, I don't want a job. I'm a freelancer. Here's my phone number if you need me. And uh, I fill any time I needed a day job, I just filled my calendar like that. And uh, what was very funny to me was people used to say to me, have you ever considered going to sales? And I'd go, what? Because I was a ballet dancer. <laughs> like, I was like, no, what are you talking about? Um, so many years later, here I am. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so fun. So you probably did have this entrepreneurial blood in you. Uh, just, you know, having the idea. I, I've heard so many cool stories over all these interviews from, you know, like little kids painting stones and trying to sell them to the neighbors, <laughs> then baseball cards, cookies, like all of, uh -huh. all of this. So it's, it's really, really fun how creative people are when it actually comes to sales and what they don't see. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Great. So how, how do you deal with rejection? Because, you know, you said like when it's just, it's just part of it. But was it always easy for you to just, yeah, okay, well, off, off to the next? Or can you give some advice if people really have a hard time with getting rejected that helps them to ease the conversation? Okay. I would actually argue that getting rejected is not part of it. And, and that is, that's the myth, that it's somehow uh, toughening up so that you can deal with the rejection. I have a colleague that teaches uh, this same topic, and he says prospecting sucks, get over it. Um, well, if that's where you start, prospecting sucks, that's hard. Yeah. So, you know, what if you didn't think it sucked? What if you just thought it was a way to get business? And the first thing I do is I look at this as data. So if you have some calls and they are not successful, that's data. That's not rejection. What could you do differently? How could you change that reaction? And we also have to look at what people actually say. Um, for example, lots of times clients will say to me, 
the prospects said they're busy, so they rejected me. No, they didn't reject you. They said they were busy. So now you're negotiating when? Like, when are they not so busy? You can have an appointment then. Um, the prospect said uh, they're already working with someone, so they rejected me. No, they didn't reject you. They said they're working with someone. But that's, first of all, it's, a, it's good news. That means they already understand the value. Whatever it is you do, they not only understand the value, they are paying for it. They have money. They have a budget. And you're not calling them up and saying, hey, dump your coach, hire me. You're saying, I want to introduce myself. So it's almost irrelevant. They're not rejecting you. You haven't had a conversation yet. So we also need to look at what it is the prospects are actually saying, because there are the facts, and then there are the stories you tell yourself about the facts. And the facts are, you're going to call someone, you're either going to reach them or you're not. If you reach them, you're going to say something, they're going to say something. And, and that is pretty much it. Those would be the facts. The story is, I'm bothering them, I'm interrupting them, they're going to say no, they're going to say they're working with someone, they're going to reject me. You haven't, you haven't even talked to them yet. You don't know what they're going to do. So this is all part of getting to neutral. It's, it's a human being says something and you respond to what they say. Um, and to my knowledge, and I've been doing this a long time, nobody has ever died from cold calling. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> That's, that's so true. And I, I haven't heard of any stories where actually, you know, the hand of the person you called comes through the phone grabbing your throat. <laughs> <laughs> no, that hasn't happened either. <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess it's, it's, it's a learnable skill. It's a learnable skill. And, and when you get it right, what happens is you say what they have to say. You say what you have to say and they go, Okay, and they open up their calendars and they book an appointment. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's fun, right? It is fun. It is fun. The better, you, the better you get, the more fun it is, which just means you need to practice with the right target, with not the right with the target. wrong one, because then you will be rejected all day long. So I guess the homework would be do your homework. <laughs> exactly. Get clear, put the fundamental in place, fundamentals in place, and then just practice. Have some fun. Nobody died from cold calling. Thank you for this deep research. <laughs> and I think, you know, making it fun for people to actually pick up the phone, right? I always, I always tell my clients, well, if you pick up the phone, nobody's going to see you. Nobody's going to see that your heart rate is faster or you might blush or, you know, it's just, just have that conversation. And the more conversations you have, the easier it will be because you feel more confident and you feel better in your own skin. Yes. Yes. So I highly want to encourage the people to get your cold calling survival guide to yes. get action steps to book the first appointment. I will definitely put the link into the show notes. If somebody needs to look you up right, right now, it's coldcallingresults.com. 
And uh, thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom with us. I mean, you've done that for years. You are brilliant in it. There is a reason why people call you the queen of cold calling. This doesn't come from around the corner. It's like it's, it's years of doing it and supporting people and getting great results. And so if you are listening and you feel like you need more time and you want to spend some time in Hawaii traveling, I would highly suggest get better in prospecting, cold calling, have fun with it and really go out and do what you need to do is to serve people with your gifts that you are putting into the world. Give them your value in exchange for money. Is there anything you want to say to finish off, Wendy? Yeah, um, I will simply say that either you think you can or you think you can't. Mm. And either way, you're right. I believe it was Henry Ford that said that. Yes, I believe so too. So, Yeah, awesome. Thank you so, so much. And uh, have a wonderful day. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you took a ton of notes. I definitely took some. So I think the wisdom Wendy shared with us was amazing in the last two episodes. And you can hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab, and there you find all the links that connect you directly to Wendy, the links to her books, and as well, the link to her amazing free gift. Thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate you tuning in and you want to make sure that you hop on over to christineschlonsky.com and when you're over there, sign up for the empowerment notes. These are my notes right into your inbox once a week where I share all the hard sales podcast updates as well as something I usually do not talk on social media about and you will also have the opportunity to get amazing free stuff, training, some really, really cool offers once you are joining the tribe of heart sellers. Thank you so much for being here and wishing you a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. <music>